sometimes we get in a rush and don't let the Lord work. Amen. Second on that. Give brother. Amen. All in favor, both lifting hands to give brother free thousand dollars on air conditioner. Any opposed? Amen. That's easy enough. Amen. Yeah, I think I think that'll go to a good cause right there. They're doing good work. Uh, helping Israel. They're seeing souls saved, so that's a blessing. Anything else? Bibles tonight, the book of Acts. Book of Acts, we've been here for a little while and probably will be. There's a whole lot in here. And we're going to get not too deep tonight. I'll probably get deeper next week, Lord willing. But uh, Acts chapter number one, if you find your place, say amen. 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 Acts chapter number one. I, and y'all pray for my voice. I don't know what is wrong with my voice. I don't know if it's the the pollen in the air or what it is when I go back to see the ears, nose, and throat doctor, we're going to do something about my throat. So y'all be much in prayer about that if you will. And uh, pray. I've got a hernia giving me a little trouble now. So uh, pray for that if you will. Not too much. I don't, I don't do enough to get hurt a whole lot, but uh, I must have somehow. So anyhow, yeah, remember that if you will. Acts chapter number one tonight. See what God has in store for us. Let's read down verse number 26. And we'll go on into chapter 2 and verse number 1. Probably won't hit a lot in verse number 1 tonight. May give a little introduction of what happened there at Pentecost. Acts chapter number 1, verse 26. The Bible said this. And they gave forth their lots, and lot fell upon Matthias. And he was numbered with the eleven apostles. The Bible said, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come... They were all with one accord in one place. In our last study, we looked at some very interesting things in our last study. We began reading down in verse number 23. And we looked where the Bible said, And they appointed to Joseph called Bersabbas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. Now, as we said in our last study, we see that Peter and all these people tonight, they're here and they're in the upper room, and we see they're all awaiting for the promise to happen that came straight from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, it's while they're waiting here tonight in this upper room that we see that Peter stands up tonight and we see that he is wanting to appoint somebody new to take the place of Judas Iscariot so there will be 12 apostles instead of 11. Alright, so we saw that, that in that verse that the people who done the choosing had chosen two. Alright, they had chosen Joseph called Bersabbas who was surnamed Justice and they also chose Matthias as well. Now, I believe tonight with all my heart they didn't pray about this decision here, uh, but in the next verse, we see them as they pray. So in our last study, we read verse number 23, then we read verse 24, where the Bible said, and they prayed and said, Thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, 
show whether of these two thou hast chosen. Now, as we said in our last study, I believe that they are limiting God here. You don't have to believe that. I say that tonight, though, because they did not pray. But now we see them here tonight, and they're asking God, which of these two men uh, were to take up the office there of apostle? So we see they pray here, and then that's when we read verse 25, where the Bible says, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. So it's after they pray tonight that we see the people, we see what they're praying about. They were praying for just who it was tonight that was going to take the part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell. So we see tonight that Judas did not fall from grace because I believe he's never saved. But first of all, most importantly, you can't fall from grace. Once you get in tonight, you can't get out. I'm glad of that tonight, aren't you? That we can't fall from grace. But I'm thankful tonight that even though you can't fall, it does not give us a license to live any way that we please. Once saved, always saved. That's not a lie. That's a teaching from the Word of God. That's Bible tonight. But we see tonight what Judas fell from is that he fell from his office of being an apostle. And now they're about to put in another person here tonight to take the place of Judas Iscariot. Now as we said in our last study, we know that Judas fell. We know that Judas hung himself and we know that he went to his own place. Alright, I'm not going to go back over all that tonight, but I'm still under the persuasion that Judas was the Antichrist. Alright, but anyway, I'm not getting back into all that. I believe if you study your Bible, all things will point you to the direction of either he was the Antichrist or the spirit of the Antichrist was upon Judas. I don't believe that you can deny that. But I'm not going to get back into all that tonight, but let's see what it is tonight that God... As in store. Let's read verse 26. The Bible says, They gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So it's here tonight as we see them as they cast lots, and it was just casting lots tonight that was the Jewish mode of seeking out God's will in their lives. Now, this is what they would do under the law, okay? But after Pentecost came, after the Holy Ghost of God fell, we never see anybody cast lots again as far as I read in the Bible. So after the Holy Ghost came down, it's by that Holy Ghost that God lets us know what the will of God is. So we don't have to cast lots, amen, anymore. Uh, we don't need that. As a matter of fact, like I said, the last time you'll see it in the Bible. So if you're saved and born again tonight, there's no reason to cast lots. Uh, I could go a whole lot of direction with that, and I'm not going to go tonight. Well, maybe I will. Uh, you know, I hear a lot of folks say this, that they're playing the lottery. And maybe they say, and this has nothing to do with casting the lots here in the Bible. I don't even know why I said that. But I don't believe a Christian tonight should play the lottery. Well, why do you say that, preacher? Well, they casted lots over Jesus Christ's grave clothes. I don't want to be associated with a bunch of folks killing our Savior. You, anyhow, I don't know why I said that. Uh, don't be caught gambling on church, you. Amen. Let's go on here. So they cast lots here. We see the lot fail upon Matthias tonight. Now I'm still under the persuasion tonight that they limited God here. You say, preacher, can we limit God? Well, let me ask you a question, okay? Uh, if you were to step in front of a moving car, 
Okay, you think that that was God's will? Or do you think that you done that? I would say that we can, we can cause death to happen a lot quicker, amen, for ourselves. But I'm still under the persuasion they limited God because here they didn't pray, first of all. Jesus Christ told them to wait. And now they see, we see them casting lots. Now, that's what they would, uh, how they would do that tonight. Let me back up. And history tells us, right? They had write the name of the people on a piece of stone or on a piece of wood. They put those in a jar tonight, and I guess they draw it out at random. Now, that's what a Jewish scholar said. I don't know. I, that's above my uh, pay grade. Amen, I guess you can say. But Jesus Christ here told them to wait for the promise. That's what he said. But here they are tonight, and they're casting lots. They're choosing whom they please tonight, but at any rate, the lot falls upon Matthias. And we never see Matthias mentioned again other than right here, in the Word of God. We don't know where he went preaching tonight. I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. Uh, we don't know what he done for God. I don't know that. We just know that there are 12 apostles again here in the Word of God as we travel on to chapter number 2. Now let's read chapter 2, verse number 1. We know there's 12 apostles and we see there's also there, there, there excuse me, there are those 120 in that upper room. Alright, the Bible says this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I'm not going to get into our text a whole lot tonight because I want to give you a little bit of an introduction so you understand what happened on the day of Pentecost. So to find out exactly what happened here, let's look first in Matthew chapter 3 in verse number 11. Turn your Bible. Matthew chapter 3 verse number 11. Let's see what it is happening at Pentecost. You find your place, say amen. 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 Well, look here, the Bible says, and this is John, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. I'm sorry. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. Now listen to this. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So that's what happened there at Pentecost tonight. And we'll get back into our verse-by-verse verse study next week. But I want you to understand what took place there tonight so that we may understand the Scripture. So we see that John the Baptist speaks of Jesus Christ there in the book of Matthew who will not baptize with water but will baptize with the Holy Ghost. Now we see that. Then we see Jesus Christ saying this in Luke 11, verse 13. And you can look there in your Bible as well, if you want to, and I'm going to mosey along here, but the Bible said, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Well, that's a good question, but let's look in John chapter number 7, verses 37 through verse 39. So the Bible said there, and I'll give you some time to flee up. I just want you to see. And you can say amen when you get there. Amen. So in John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39, the Bible said, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. Now Passover is a feast. All right? Uh, or Pentecost is a feast. I've got Passover on my mind, I guess. But Jesus, the Bible said, Jesus stood and cried saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. 
He that believeth on me, as the scriptures say, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Bible said, but this spake he of the Spirit, thank you, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. All right, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Alright, so Jesus Christ in those verses tonight was speaking of a future time. Okay? But you and I are living tonight in that future time that Jesus Christ is talking about. Or part of that future time He's talking about right now. But that promise that Jesus Christ made about the Holy Spirit of God, that promise could not be fulfilled until Jesus Christ was crucified on the old rugged cross. That, that promise could not take place until He resurrected on the third day. That promise couldn't take place until He ascended to the Father. But it's, in, it's during those 40 days after that resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it was also right before the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is telling these apostles to tarry and to wait here in Jerusalem. And He told them to wait for what? The promise of the Father. Alright? So the Father, the promise was the coming of the Holy Spirit. Alright? And it's when that day of Pentecost arrived. That's when that promise of Lord Jesus Christ, He said, wait on that promise. Here in Pentecost, that promise is fulfilled. Alright? So, I want to say this. When this promise was fulfilled, it was never happen to happen again. Okay? So there was one Pentecost tonight. Not two, not three. There was one. And it will not happen again. Alright? So Jesus Christ died one time tonight. And when He died, Christ died for all. It's through that one sacrifice, Lord Jesus Christ tonight, that Jesus paid my sin debt and your sin debt and paid the whole sin debt of all humanity tonight if they would repent of their sin and turn to Lord Jesus Christ by faith. So by that sacrifice, Jesus Christ paid for you and He paid for me on Calvary. Jesus Christ on that day that He died satisfied the very demand that God had for our sin. Jesus Christ satisfied God. All right, it's by that sacrifice, if you are saved and born again, I want you to understand that you've been made acceptable in the Beloved tonight. Now, friend, before you got saved and before you got born again, God did not accept you. But the day that you got saved and born again, you have become accepted to the Beloved. Friend, I don't understand all that. I don't understand how it works. I just know by grace through faith in Christ that we have now been become accepted why? Not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus Christ done, uh, and that's what's acceptable to God tonight. So listen to this. The Bible said Hebrews 10, uh, verses 10 through 14. You ain't got to turn there, but the Bible says, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. The Bible said, and every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. Now if you understand your Bible tonight, those priests, they would take sacrifices uh, yearly tonight for the sin of the people. But that sin, or that sacrifice never satisfied God. They could sacrifice all the animals they wanted to and they'd cut off, cut off uh, uh, their heads and they'd do all that and they'd kill those animals there 
And God was never satisfied with that. But the Bible said this, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Alright, so you and I that are saved and born again share in the accomplished promise of the Heavenly Father to these apostles through the shed blood of Lord Jesus Christ. So we partake of the promise tonight that happened there at Pentecost. Preacher, what is the promise that happened at Pentecost? Well, the promise we got to partake in is the promise of the Holy Ghost. Boy, this ain't preached on a whole lot. This Holy Spirit, He does a whole lot. Amen. And, and you possess that Spirit tonight if you are saved and if you're born again. That Spirit is a person. He lives inside of you tonight. Alright, the Bible said this in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 13. We're going to tie all this together at the end. The Bible says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. That Spirit, that same Spirit that is in me since the day I got saved, has been in you since the day you got saved. Alright, so the Bible says in Romans 8, 9 through 14. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. That's capital S. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. If you're saved, the Spirit of God dwells in you. The Bible said, now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Alright? And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So hold on there. The day you got saved, you die. Amen. Alright. So you died, you got born again, birthed into the family of God. The old man is dead, you become rose up new. Christ created something new in you. Hallelujah, friend. I'm telling you tonight, ain't it good to know that you ain't what you used to be? You say, preacher, what happened to me? The day I got saved, that's the Holy Spirit got inside of you. And I tell you what, friend, it'll make you smile when you hear the Bible preach and know you're going to heaven. I've watched some folks that's got saved recently, you know what they do? They smile. You know what they used to do? It's a girl in years. Why? Because there's something on the inside. Boy, I like it. Well, listen, and Christ being you, the body is dead because of sin. The Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, that word means made alive, to make alive, quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. The flesh is dead. It died the day we got saved. So why would we live after the flesh. Why would we do? I know that we have a battle with the flesh, but why would we want to just totally give over to the flesh? If you're saved tonight, you won't live for the Spirit. The Bible says, For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Alright, in Ephesians 4 and 30, Paul also said this, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed. Until the day of redemption. You know what? Tonight, I'm glad to be able to say 
That if you are saved and if you are born again, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. There's a lot of folks outside the church and they'll say this, they'll say, well, you, there's no way you can stay saved. The free will Baptists will say that. They'll say, oh, you can lose your salvation. But my Bible said tonight that you are sealed unto the day of redemption. That means that nobody can steal the Holy Ghost of God out of you when He gets in there. I'm glad of that tonight, aren't you? You're sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. That promise of the Spirit that come down at Pentecost has been fulfilled tonight. You and I can look back and we can see what they experienced tonight, but it has been fulfilled that Holy Spirit's in us that are saved and it testifies that Jesus Christ is now tonight glorified at the right hand of the Father tonight. So we know that He's sitting on the right hand of God tonight. We know that Jesus Christ is on the throne tonight because He promised us this before He finished His earthly ministry. The Bible said in John 16 and verse number 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, with a capital C, that's the Holy Ghost, will not come unto you, but if I depart, I'll send Him unto you. You know what? Christ has departed. So He sent the Holy Ghost to God to come to us the day we got saved. That's a whole lot, ain't it? And you know what? Tonight, we don't need to beg for the Holy Spirit of God. God has shown me this. I've been guilty. I've been guilty before preaching. God, fill me up with your Spirit. But I found something tonight. Kind of laughed at myself and said, Lord, I'm sorry for my ignorance. Get a hold of this. That Holy Spirit's yours. If you're saved and born again tonight, that Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost, that Spirit comes into the heart of any lost sinner tonight who will repent of their sin and trust on Christ by faith. And friend, while I'm on this topic, there are some denominations, some religions tonight, some preachers like me tonight who say, uh, fill me with the Spirit tonight. But friend, you know what? We don't need more of the Spirit because Christ didn't just give us half the Spirit when He saved us. He gave us all we can handle. He gave us all of it when we got saved. So it's also good to know tonight that the Spirit's not just a Spirit. He's a person living inside of you. He'll talk to you. He'll he, Now, is He going to speak in a loud, audible voice? I don't believe so. Unless you're closer to me, I don't know. Listen, I, I don't think He's going to, going to give you a vision. Amen. Our Spirit's going to bear. Now, you, you got what I call it. It's going to bear witness tonight. Now, he's not going to give you vision. Uh, I've heard people say this, and I know we dream, but uh, y'all know where I'm going with that. He gave us the same Spirit tonight. But that Spirit is a person, and as a matter of fact, He's the third person of the Godhead tonight, and we possess all of that person tonight. So that means living inside of you and me tonight is through the Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, because they're one, three, and all, correct? So aren't you glad tonight we didn't just get half of the Spirit uh, when it come into our lives? It was on that day of Pentecost here. The Holy Spirit is coming down upon these 120 believers in this upper room tonight. And it's on that day that the Holy Ghost of God indwelled each of those people individually tonight. 
And uh, I'm glad that he filled the room and he filled the house where those believers were gathered together. You know what that tells me tonight? It tells me that God can fill the house full of a bunch of believers that are filled with him. Hey, God can still fill the house of God tonight. And I'm glad, friend, that he filled it there in the book of Acts, did he not? He come in and filled the house. But I'm glad the same Holy Spirit we're worshiping tonight can come in and move to one person, even though he's still inside. Now, I can't explain all that to you, but I can tell you that sometimes it'll bubble over here, and then it'll bubble over here, and then one person will on God over here, and it's that same Spirit working inside of us all at the same time. And the Spirit didn't tell me to speak in tongues that you can't understand either. Now, I'll get into that another day. But listen, one man said that 120 believers went up into that upper room, and one person came down. Hallelujah, that's what happened. Those 120 men, they were up there in that room. And the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost. Friend, that's very true. The Holy Spirit came down. What happened at Pentecost? What happened? The church was born at Pentecost. What is a church? That's a good question. What is a church? Is it a building with a sign? No, it's not. Church is a building. What is the church? Right here is 120 of them. Filled with the Holy Ghost of God. What is the church? Believers. Believers in Christ. You are the church. Listen. They accepted Christ as their Savior by faith. That day they got baptized with the Holy Ghost, same thing happened to you. There's a new man living inside of you when you get saved. That's when they got baptized into the New Testament church. God's church. I'm not talking about to the local assembly. We baptize and then we join them. But friend, they're already part of the big church. Amen. But the church began with 120 in this upper room. And according to the book of Ephesians and the New Testament apostles here and prophets were the foundation of the church. Look at this with me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 20. Turn there with me. Ephesians 2, verse 20. Tells us the foundation. Where was it made? And you study the whole verse. I'm just going to give you, I mean, you study the context. I'm going to give you what it says here in verse 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself, the chief cornerstone. All right, so first of all, the church was built on Christ and nothing less. Then we see it was built upon the apostles and prophets. And those apostles in that upper room tonight, they were Jews. All right, but I'm glad that later tonight, later on in church history, I'm glad God opened up a door. For us Gentile dogs. Hey friend listen. We were added to the body of Christ. I'm glad that we're saved. We that are saved are joint heirs tonight. Joint partakers of the same promises. That these people here at Pentecost. Received. And then God put it in his book. And let us read about it. Oh friend listen. It's through the apostle Paul. Who was God's chosen vessel for the church. And mystery of the church which was not known in past ages, but was to him revealed. 
The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So at one point in time, Paul didn't know about the church because the church existed before Paul. All right? And even though its mystery wasn't clearly seen or understood until God revealed it to Paul, but even before Paul knew about the church, God had chosen him to be that vessel for the local church, even though he was not converted until after the church was born. Listen, as Saul of Tarsus, I, I just want to keep, I want you to keep all this straight, this history. So as Saul, as Saul of Tarsus, Paul, was traveling down the Damascus Road, a light shined from heaven. Uh, and, we, and we see a voice spake. The Bible said in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. And desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. All right, the Bible said, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? So Paul was persecuting the church. And if you mess with the child of God, uh, you're messing with God. How do you know that, preacher? Well, Jesus told him so. Amen. Jesus told Paul that he was persecuting him. Listen, Paul also testifies he done this. In 1 Corinthians 15, 8 and 9, the Bible said, Last of all, it was seen of me also as of one born out of the due time. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called apostle because I persecuted the church of God. You know, when Jesus saw him, he said, Paul, why persecutest thou me? He was persecuting his people. And friend, there are those who think the church uh, started after Paul was saved. I don't believe that. I believe right here at Pentecost, the church was started before Paul was saved. And I just want to tell you how. It's because the church of the living God was born here at Pentecost. And since that day, that very day, every believer that is gets saved and born again is united to that one body in Christ. And right when a person gets born again, the Holy Spirit of God comes inside of them. Boy, I tell you what, I'll never forget the day that I got saved. It's like a light went on in my mind. A change took place. And I couldn't work the change. But God could. But friend, listen to me. That, why? How'd that happen? Because somebody that wasn't living in there before got in there and started living there. Took up a boat there. And it don't matter tonight how much emotion a person gets. Uh, you know, there's a lot of emotionalism out there. And say, well, they have to cry and boo and they have to whine. Hey, everybody's different. Everybody's different. And there's people that say, well, they have to say a certain thing. They have to do this. Look, my Bible tells me it's by grace through faith. By grace through faith. And that Holy Spirit is a person tonight. And we didn't get half of it. Got all of it. He's living inside of you tonight if you're saved. Friend, my mind takes me back tonight to our little girl. And you know, she likes candy awful good. And I'll go around the house and I'll be sitting in my study sometimes and she'll say, Daddy, can I have some candy? I'll say, Yeah, you can have two pieces. She'll say, Three. So, no, honey, I said two. And then before I know it, she's got me conned in before. And before I know it, we're about to eat the whole bag. We'll have to put them things up. But she had to ask, 
for just a little bit. See, God come in and give us everything. Every single bit of the Holy Ghost of God living inside of you and me. That's amazing to me tonight. What happened at Pentecost? The Holy Spirit came down, indwelt these men or these people in this upper room. So that tells me and you, not, you and me tonight something else. Now listen to this. On that day of Pentecost, something else happened. Now I want you to understand. There's a lot of people who will tell you that this is where they started speaking in tongues and, and they did. Let me tell you what that means. I got you here. That means tonight they were speaking and as they spoke, the Holy Ghost of God took what they were speaking. Every man can understand in their own tongue. You get into a church and they start speaking in tongues and you don't understand that's not of God. Okay? But listen tonight. Why, what does that tell us? Those men heard that in their own tongue. You know what it tells me? The gospel's not just for you and me. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. Friend, I'm glad the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost. I'm glad we don't have some of the Spirit. As far as I know, we got it all. We got the goods, friend. Hey, he's with us wholly and not partially. I thank God for that spirit that lives down in my soul. Hey, if you're saved tonight, ain't it a blessing? You didn't just get half of him. You didn't just get part of him. You got him all. And he lives in there. Feed your soul. Stir you up. Talk to you. Tell you to go talk to somebody else. He does that. He's good at it. Leave the Bible track here. Leave one there. Or they start smiling during preaching. Well, that's right. Because that spirit will bear witness inside. Well, it's amazing. We didn't get half, but we got it all. There at Pentecost. I'm looking forward to the rest of our studies here in the book of Acts. What a blessing that it is. Could you imagine being there when the Holy Spirit fell? I mean, the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Boy, I'd like to have been there. I'm glad I'm saved. It's good to be born again. I'm glad I got all the Holy Ghost of God living within me. Hope you do tonight. Anybody got a word? I'm done. You can stand tonight.